Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Sports by the Hour podcast. This is Ethan Schapp, Matthew Schwab, and Evan Sillett. The first game we're going to talk about is the Oakland Raiders at the Green Bay Packers. The Raiders, uh, the Packers won this game 42 to 24. Uh, Aaron Rodgers played amazing. He had he completed 25 out of his, out of his 31 pass attempts. He had five passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown. Um, he threw no interceptions, and I think Aaron Rodgers has put himself right at the top of this uh, MVP talk this year. He has 13 touchdowns with two interceptions. Um, his QBR, or his QB rating this year is 103.7, and his completion his completion percentage is 64.8%. So I agree, Aaron Rodgers put himself back in the MVP race, and with the perfect passer rating that he got with 158.3 on the last game. There's not much to say that he did not carry the Packers Packers offense to 42 points. Meanwhile, I do think that Josh Jacobs has proven himself again to be one of the top running backs in the league. And the Darren Waller tight end coming from nowhere for this season, showing that he can be one of the top 10 tight ends in the league. So, uh, I wanted to take a second to talk about two breakout games. Uh, obviously, one is going to be Aaron Rodgers. Yes, he's played well the entire year, but this was kind of his... This was his reminder that he's still the top of the top when it comes to the quarterback discussion in the NFL. He can still get it done in his 30s. He's still doing it better than most people in the league do in their prime. Um, and for the Raiders, I would, as Evan mentioned, I would like to talk about Darren Waller because looking at the looking at the sad line for this game, I had no clue who Darren Waller was, but. Uh, I went back and I watched some old highlights of him, and what he did this game was kind of, it's kind of, it kind of looked expected. I mean, he's got potential. I mean, and he showed it. He had seven catches for 126 yards, uh, averaging 18 yards a catch, also having two touchdowns, and his longest reception being for 48 yards on the day. So I think that Darren Waller had a fantastic game, and I would like to see him keep it up because I would be able to give Derek Carr more support at the receiver position. One point that I forgot to mention was that Devontae Adams did not play in this game. So Aaron Rodgers was throwing to backups, and his best wide receiver that he was throwing to was Jimmy Graham. And Jimmy Graham has shown to be nothing without Drew Brees in the past years. So the fact that Aaron Rodgers is able to put up these numbers and get the perfect pass rating that he got, it just shows that he is the Packers team. Another stat about Aaron Rodgers, he threw a touchdown to five different players. One to Marquise Valdez-Scanting, one to Jimmy Graham, one to Jake Kumaro, one to Aaron Jones, and one to Jamal Williams, which is something that you don't normally see every game. Okay, between the 49ers at the Redskins, this is probably the lowest scoring game of the season, with the 49ers beating the Redskins 9-0. Obviously, this was a water bowl game, and Nick Boza has pretty much secured his spot as the top three rookies of the year, and I feel like he is top three in the race. Um, I do, however, think that Sherman has played a crucial part to the 49ers defense, being a leader, and just rallying the troops, and just being, being like... In a way, Lewis, how he amps him up. And I can't forget about Quan Alexander. The man has shown nothing but talent this year. And I would comment on the Redskins, but they have shown nothing but lack of skill and talent. 
I mean, for what it is, the Redskins were able to hold off the 49ers for the first half. I mean, and for the entire game. I mean, yes, it was a water bowl, but, I mean, the 49ers do have a solid offense. I mean, it's not the best in the league, but at least they were able to kind of hold them off a little bit. Um, I do think that the 49ers did underperform. I mean, granted, they were very unfortunate conditions. Uh, multiple pictures of five, six players sliding all across the field. There was no traction on the ground. The only way that you could really move the ball was through the run game. Uh, there was no real passing. Uh, I think that this was kind of like a throwaway game where it could have gone either way, uh, if I'm being completely honest with it. Um, I think that the 49ers in this game got way too much hate. Um, the field conditions were terrible, and uh, it was there was everyone was slipping and sliding all over the place. And I think it would be super extremely hard for any offense to move the ball um, in these conditions. And they still put up nine points. Robbie Gold also missed a field goal, so they got into field goal range three times. Uh, and that's why I think they were limited. Uh, I don't think that they're. I think they just got too much hate for this game. It was no offense would have done well in this weather. The next thing we're going to talk about is the Chargers and the Titans. The Titans won this game 23-20. to uh, This was Tannehill's first start since last year. Uh, he completed 23 out of 29 passes for 312 yards. He had two touchdowns, and sadly he did throw one interception. Uh, I also want to talk about the Chargers' lack of the run game. Uh, Melvin Gordon averaged 2 yards per carry, and Eckler averaged 1.4 yards a carry. That is pretty bad to uh, try to help out Phillip Rivers and the, their offense. Uh, I want to highlight on Tannehill, this was his debut with the Titans, and it went pretty well. I also want to talk about the threats that he was throwing to, though. He has A.J. Brown, a very strong rookie wide receiver. Corey Davis, a proven veteran. He has Derrick Henry to pu push to the middle or even roll out for a pass. His threats are just very strong. And even with Delaney Walker out, it shows that the team around this any quarter, these quarterbacks is strong enough to support them and even make them look better, even if they are not that good. I also want to talk about the Chargers. Melvin Gordon, he has just shown nothing but disappointment this year. He fumbled on the one yard line and put up nothing and put up 2.8 yards this this game. It was very rough. I just it wasn't a good game for him. He might have a better one next week, but it was just not not his best. I also want to talk about the defense of the Chargers without Derwin James. They have proven with that without Derwin James, they are they're nothing but trash. They can't hold a, a Titans team, which is, uh, they do have threats, but still, the fact that they couldn't hold a Titans team to under 21, a t team that has a, a quarterback coming in, and just has, and Der Derrick Henry hasn't played himself from last season. So I believe that the Chargers team is falling apart and it has no synchronization. And that the Titans are actually looking pretty good right now. So I'm going to disagree with Ethan on Austin Eckler. He was their leading yards. Uh, well, he led the team in yards. Uh, he was their leading receiver. He had seven receptions for 118 yards and a touchdown. Yes. Yes, Evan. Did he lead the team in rushing? In, not in rushing yards. In yards if Philip Rivers was playing? No, because they don't count the quarterback. Because obviously the quarterback is going to lead the team. Uh, Sam Donald did not lead the team in yards. 
We'll talk about Sam Darnold later. Um, no, but uh, Austin Eckler, I think in the rushing game, yeah, he had a bad game. But in the receiving game, he kind of showed that he's much more of a dual threat player. Like, obviously, he didn't have the best running game, but uh, he showed that he can be a receiving back as well. So do you believe that he is better than Melvin Gordon? Do you believe that he is better than Melvin Gordon? Right now. Right now, Melvin Gordon's only played two games this year. So, yes. <laughs> the next game we're going to talk about is the Vikings and the Lions. Uh, Vikings won this game 42-30. to uh, The Vikings' offense is clicking. Uh, this week, Kirk Cousins said he completed 24 out of his 34 passes for 338 yards, four touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Also, I want to talk about Matthew Stafford. He also played very well. He had he completed 30 out of his 45 passing um, uh, passing attempts for 364 yards for four touchdowns and one interception. Uh, Dalvin Cook for the Vikings, also part of their offense, uh, being amazing this year. He ran the ball for 142 yards, averaging 5.7 yards a carry, which is insane. And he had two touchdowns. And I want to focus mainly on Kirk Cousins the last three weeks. Uh, over the last three weeks, he's averaged uh, 76 uh, completion percentage. He uh, averaged 325 passing yards per game. Uh, he's had 10 touchdowns, one interception, and he's had all three of those games. He's had over 138 passing rating. He's playing almost perfect and um, has led them to win the last three games. In this matchup, I believe Kirk Cousins has been playing the top of his career so far. I want to point out that Stefan Diggs has shown that he is a wide receiver number one. He's been pushed to the back of the back burners because Adam Thielen has just studded up and shown that he is a, he's a great wide receiver too. But the fact that Stefan Diggs is, is their wide receiver too shows that they have probably the best wide receiver core in the league. I also want to point out Carryon Johnson. The man has done very, like, not much this whole season, if anything. And he only put up three point. He only got around 15 yards this game, and he got injured. And it just shows that he isn't as good as people are making him out to be. And he had a he had a one good game, one good year. And I want to also talk about Marvin Jones. He had a, he had a breakout game, and I'm happy for him. But I feel like Galladay is still the wide receiver number one. And I want to also talk about Stafford. Stafford has shown that he is a top 10 quarterback in the league, and it's underappreciated in every aspect. He consistently puts up the numbers, and now it's showing that if he has an okay defense to actually support them in a few games, that he can win games. So I want to take a second to talk about Dalvin Cook, because at the time of this game, and even after this game, Dalvin Cook was averaging almost 100 yards per game, and yet nobody is talking about him. Everybody's so focused. Well, no, I say that I say that in regards to people talking about Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey's doing all these things, and yeah, that's amazing. Dalvin Cook deserves some credit. All right, Dalvin Cook is the entire reason why this Minnesota Vikings team is in this position they are in now. With the way that Kirk Cousins played the first few games of the season, this team would be at the very bottom. Of their division. I, I think that Dalvin Cook. Is a lock in pro bowler. I think that everything that he's done. For this team this year. Has been nothing short of fantastic. 
He is constantly dropping 100 yards a game, constantly scoring touchdowns. Uh, currently, go, well, going into the game, he had six touchdowns on the season. Uh, afterwards, he had eight. Um, he's av- Well, he, he ended up averaging over just slightly over one touchdown per game, which, I mean, for a running back is pretty good, especially when he was the workhorse of the team. Um, for the first few games until Kirk Cousins began to break out and play well. I also want to talk about Marvin Jones, who had a franchise-tying record of four touchdowns on only 10 catches for 93 yards, which that stat line is kind of shocking to me in the sense that if a player scores four touchdowns, you would expect them to have more receiving yards than just 93, uh, which kind of shows how he was targeted more in the red zone than anything else he wasn't that big play athlete he was more of their red zone threat that they would go to in kind of third down situations when they needed to get the first and hopefully go for the end zone uh one other thing i want to highlight is tj hawkerson he hasn't been he hasn't been playing like fantastic but he's been blocking most of his most of the plays and snaps that he plays he is blocking for it, and he has been showing that he can block the top, not top, but he can block most of the best uh, edge rushers in the league, and he can go out for a pass and score. I just, I believe he's going to be a good tight end. It's his rookie year, so he has a lot to learn, but at, from what I've seen so far, he is a top player, in the, he's a top tight end. Yep. In the matchup between the Bears and the Saints, the Saints won 36-25. I believe that the Bears' defense... They played like the Bears' defense. They have a very good rushing game on rushing the passer, but when it comes to covering the downfield passes, they showed nothing but flaws. Um, I also wanted to talk about the Bears' offense. That It was just hard to watch. Watching Mitch Trubisky run around the field and just make horrible passes all game is just rough. And the fact that there was only seven rushing attempts was even harder to watch. The f- why? How, how do you only run it seven times? I, I don't understand that. It To me, it was hard to watch. I also want to highlight on Teddy Bridgewater. The man has shown that he is a starting starting QB and that he is he's a, he's more than just a game manager. Yeah, like Evan said, one thing I want to point out is uh, the Bears only rushing the ball three times when you have three... You have two good running backs, Tariq Cohen and David Montgomery, and then the gadget player... Cordell Patterson, and you have a struggling quarterback. I don't know why you wouldn't get the run game more involved. Um, I want to talk about Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, he's 5-0 as a starter for the Saints, and I'd love to see him get his second chance, uh, the chance that I think the Vikings robbed him of, and um, I'm just glad to see that he's doing well. Now for the Bears' defense. Um, it's I feel like the Bears' defense is frustrated with how bad this offense is and is losing like fire to... Get, go out there, losing, mo- losing motivation to go out there and play, and it's actually really sad because they're one of the most talented defenses uh, in the league, and they just know that their offense can't score points well enough to win games. Uh, I also want to talk about uh, Cordell Patterson. He had a 102-yard kickoff return, and to me, for this Bears uh, team, which me and Schwab both picked to win this division, and the, the Packers have looked so much better, and they're, they're, they're pretty much out of that running right now, but the Bears have a better chance on defense and special teams to score than their offense. So, while Evan and Ethan talked about Teddy Bridgewater, 
there were two there there are two players <laughs> there are two players on the Saints that were done dirty by their former teams. Latavius Murray and Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater obviously with the Vikings and Latavius Murray with the Raiders. Murray had a fantastic kind of stunt with the Raiders. Uh he had one breakout year with them and He's been kind of an underrated but also very key piece to the Saints offense this year. Obviously, once Teddy Bridgewater had to step in and take the starting role, uh, they handed the ball off more to Murray to kind of ease pressure off of Bridgewater until he could kind of catch his groove. And this game was kind of, this was his true breakout game as a New Orleans Saint. And I really like to see him uh, put up stats like 119 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Uh, in comparison to Teddy Bridgewater's 281 passing yards and two touchdowns. I have a question, Schwab. When when Alvin Kamara becomes healthy, do you think that they will share the snaps, or do you think they will stick with the proven rookie, well, proven sophomore, that he will put up the numbers? I want to see them stick with... I want to see them stick with Murray if he keeps playing at this level obviously i want to see them share snaps but um i think that if you look at overall production this year murray is kind of playing better than kamara this year to a to an extent so my take on this question if they should share snaps or not um a kamara is used to sharing snaps because uh, mark Ingram was on his team last year uh now i don't really think that they should be sharing snaps because of talent because, I mean, like, even though Latavius Murray is a very good um, running back, like, Alvin Kamara is just amazing in receiving and rushing. But I think they should share snaps solely based on the fact that Alvin Kamara is coming back from an injury and you don't want to just throw him 100% into it. So that's why they should share snaps. Um, my take on this is I think that when Alvin Kamara is healthy, and obviously on the first week back, I would like to see him share snaps. But when he is healthy and they know he's healthy, I don't want. To, I don't think he should be sharing snaps. The man has proven to be one of the slipperiest running backs in the league, and when he goes out for a pass, you know he's going to catch it. The man has, I think, less than ten drops in his career right now. I I feel like he's the best all around for the team. I like Latavius Murray, but I feel like when Alvin Kamara is healthy, he will just double his stats. And if that becomes the case, then Latavius Murray has a huge, huge trade market for him right now with the way that he's been playing this season with Kamara's absence I think that with the way that Murray has kind of stepped up for the team in their rushing game there are going to be a lot of teams looking to go out and get him the next thing we're going to talk about is the Seahawks and the Ravens the Ravens won in Seattle um 30 to 16 this was the uh now John Harbaugh has beat all 31 other teams in the NFL and the Ravens, as a franchise, have beat every single team. With they just needed the Seahawks. Um, I want to talk about the Ravens' defense. Uh, this was the first week that I think they've effectively been able to pressure a quarterback, and to the point where it affects his game and leads them to a win. Uh, Russell Wilson, like we brought up in the previous podcast, the Seahawks expect him to play close to, if not perfect, every single week, and it's just not plausible. It's you can't expect a player, especially your quarterback, to play perfect every single week, and. Uh, he finally cracked through a pick and just overall didn't play well. And I want to talk about the Ravens' new addition, Marcus Peters, uh, on his Ravens debut. He got a pick six, and with that pick six, he became 
the first player in NFL history to get two pick sixes on two different teams in the same season. So I also want to highlight on Wilson being human. It was bad. He was bound to make a mistake, and it's kind of sad that his first mistake was a pick six. But you can't really, you can't really rat on him that much because he's been perfect this whole season. So it's it's about time he has a game that's not perfect. I I also want to highlight on Marcus Peters. He has shown that he is a pro, he is a Pro Bowl cornerback, and that the fact I I still understand I understand why the Rams traded him, but that he was a big part of the team, and even though. He, it was an obvious foul against the Saints last year. It was a good play. It was either a touchdown or he makes that hit. And I wanted to highlight on that. I also want to highlight on Humphrey. He has been playing lockdown all season, and it just it shows. Whoever he's on gets no more than three or four receptions a game. I also want to highlight on Lamar Jackson playing smart football. It's his sophomore year, and he's been playing probably – he's been one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league when it comes to uh, turnovers and just how he plays – games so one interesting stat about Lamar Jackson is that after that week seven win against the Seahawks Lamar Jackson this year has more total yards than 15 NFL teams let's take that into account 15 NFL teams are unable to put up more yards as a team than one player is by himself that alone puts Lamar well up in the MVP discussion. Currently, I have him uh, fourth in the discussion behind Russ Wilson, Pat Mahomes, but that is going to go down since uh, he is injured at the moment, and Christian McCaffrey. Um, I have Lamar I have Lamar right, right behind that group. Um, I, I think that Russell Wilson, even though he... I don't know why people are hating on Russell Wilson for this game. Russell Wilson, yeah, he showed that he was human. I mean, he still threw for 241 yards and a touchdown. He had a, I mean, his just quarterback rating was not that good, but the Ravens defense in reality played really well. I mean, it wasn't Russell Wilson's fault in a sense. I mean, even on the offensive side, like it wasn't just the Seahawks defense that gave up 30 points. It was the, Seahawks offense as a whole that was unable to get anything going. Russell Wilson can only do so much. I mean, it's kind of like the Baltimore offense. I I see flaws. I see lots of flaws in both offenses. And uh, one of those major flaws showed uh, on the Ravens side where there was a drive where Mark Andrews, uh, the Ravens' leading receiver for the season, was targeted four straight plays and dropped four straight passes. All of them were wide open. That is unacceptable as a player, especially as your team's leading receiver and someone who's looking to make a breakout year and make the Pro Bowl. That alone is unacceptable. And also the fact that the most receptions by any Ravens player against the Seahawks was two. Their leading receiver was Miles Boykin, who had two receptions for 55 yards. One of those receptions went for 50 yards. The other one obviously went for five, but it's just the Ravens' offense doesn't make sense. It shouldn't work. What they're doing shouldn't work, but it does. They're 
In the matchup between the Eagles and the Cowboys, the Cowboys overcame the Eagles 37-10 to in a big divisional game. I want to highlight on Dak, he had an average game for him. The man puts up these numbers like it's nothing. I also want to talk about his uh, MVP contention. He is top four in the race right now, and I think he's earned it. I also want to talk about Zeke. Ezekiel Elliott has put over put over 100 yards in three to four games and has averaged a, a touchdown every single game he's played in. The fact that the Cowboys are finally healthy and able to show that they are one of the best teams in the league when they are healthy, I just think that's fantastic. And the fact that they beat the Eagles in, in such a way shows that they are the most dominant team in that division. I also want to highlight on Carson Wentz. He showed his true colors this game. He, has the, he did nothing but just bad plays, poor decision making, and trying to run the ball when there's a wide open wide receiver downfield. And to me, the Eagles are a bunch of untalented players, and they're overhyped. I just feel like they're a team thrown together without any chemistry. I have no real comment on this game. I I told Ethan and Evan that I refused to talk about the Eagles and the way that they played. So I'm going to let Ethan take this away with Amari Cooper. I actually have nothing to say about Amari Cooper. Uh, I have three other. I have three <laughs> things to say. <laughs> I have I have three I have three players to talk about. I have late. Um, Leighton Vanderash is injured, and that scares me moving forward for this Cowboys defense. He's an extremely young and uh, amazing linebacker. Uh, for, also for the Cowboys, I have uh, uh, I want to talk about Zeke. Hit 111 yards rushing with one touchdown and averaged five yards per carry. And then I want to talk about Wentz. I think he played like garbage. He had uh, he, he completed 16 out of his 26 pass attempts for 191 yards for one touchdown and one interception. And like Evan said, he just missed wide open reads. Reads that like he like he was an MVP candidate, MVP candidate two years ago, and now it's like he can't even make simple plays downfield. I would like to talk about Amari Cooper. <laughs> he's had a good game. He had a good game, and he's been having good games ever since he came to the Cowboys. On the Raiders, he has struggled, but he's also put up a thousand yard, thousand plus yard games, and I believe that Cooper is one of the best wide receivers. Not games. I'm sorry, seasons. But I want to say that he is one of the top wide receivers in the league, and it shows. When he gets the ball in his hands, he's one of the most explosive wide receivers with it in his hands. <laughs> and his route running is supreme. Um, uh, the last game we're going to talk about is the New England Patriots and the New York Jets in the 33-0 route that the Patriots gave the Jets. Um, number one, Patriots defense is still playing at an extremely high level. Uh, Sony Michelle on their offense had three touchdowns, and Sam Darnold came back down to earth after his tech, uh, his Cowboys game and came back to his mediocre play with four interceptions and a fumble. Sam Darnold didn't come back down to earth. Sam Darnold picked up where he left off last year. Sam Darnold never had any true talent. Yeah, Sam Darnold never had any true talent. I will back that up until the day that I die. Sam Darnold is not a good quarterback. You guys are probably going to say that Carson Wentz is not a good quarterback. Sam Darnold is the exact same way. Sam Darnold is just not a good football player. He threw four interceptions. He 
he didn't even he wasn't even able to throw a hundred passing yards. I can understand four interceptions against the best defense in the league, but eighty-six passing yards. I mean, he went a his quarterback rating was a three point six. Three point six. That is the worst stat line I have seen all season, and I've watched Baker Mayfield play. I would take Mark Sanchez over Sam Darnold in that game. And Mark Sanchez ran into his own offensive lineman, fumbled, and gave up a touchdown. That is how bad Sam Darnold actually is. I'm going to keep it real with you guys, okay? I've been, I have been protecting and supporting Sam Darnold, and after that game, there's nothing to say. He, he was, like he said, quoting Sam Darnold, I was seeing ghosts. The man didn't even know who was on his team. He sees a Patriots defender and thinks it's a in a Jets uniform. It was one of the most painful games I've ever had to watch, especially since I think Sam Darnold has some talent, but... That game was just, like, it was as if they put Mark Sanchez and Nathan Peterman into a, a player. Hey, Nathan Peterman's a joke. Don't disrespect him. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like they put him into a player. It's like the devil child, devil child of them. I just, I, I, the fact that the running back had more yards than the quarterback, for me, was hard to watch. I cannot, I can't protect him after that performance. He threw... Four interceptions, there was a fumble, and a safety on it. I just can't support him. I can't protect a man that does that. It doesn't matter if they're the best defense in the league. It's just, I can't. The Jets' offense as a whole had 167 total yards. They had 86 pass yards and 81 rush yards. Imagine almost having as many rushing yards as you do passing yards. There were 32 pass attempts and 20 rush attempts. There were five less rush yards than there were pass yards. Must I go on about Sam Darnold? I mean, he's just been...